Welcome to the Trying to Be Better podcast with Joel and Steve. to let it rip or i was like do you want to let it rip or do you want to talk and then he hit record i hit record <clears throat> why don't you do a little intro while i let the dog in hi everybody and welcome to the trying to be better podcast with joel and steve my name is joel and this is my counterpart steve and we've, we've been on a little bit of a hiatus uh we are making our grand return thank you for your patience we both took our or lack thereof <laughs> <laughs> there's our, that. our good friend and past guest dave actually just a hat tip to dave gracie who i saw him a couple fridays ago i guess it was yeah a couple fridays ago we were talking about podcasts we listen to and he's like well i listen to you guys when you put up content Ooh, shots fired <laughs> pretty sick burn from dave actually I'm like dude why don't you throw some money in the patreon and maybe we'll you know up you some oh. special content yeah, we should have a Patreon though. If we're gonna say that, we should have we should actually do that. Fine. Yeah, we uh we, we we had high hopes too before I left of like, yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. Yeah, no, that didn't happen. No, so none of that to all of the people whose weeks last two weeks have been just like devoid of meaning. Yeah. We're very sorry. No direction, no direction, no, no, no sense hope. of rhythm, no hope. <laughs> Not no that sense. our last episode was full of that. So much hope in our last episode. We've just been <laughs> created a, a desert of, of hope and possi- possibility and positivity. I think the word dearth comes to mind. Um, dirge. <laughs> right. Yeah. Dearth and dirge. That was our, that was the message. Everything's on fire. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Everything's on fire. Fuck it. I'm going to go on vacation. And I really... Like we got my brother Colin picked us up yesterday and Kirsten from the back seat on the way back to Lincoln was like, what's been going on in the world? Like we've kind of, we kind of like took a vacation, but also we didn't necessarily stick our heads in the sand, but it was, uh, it was nice to just not have to like feel like we had to consume the shit right hour of every day. No, I think that's, I think that's healthy. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Because it, it really was because you know, we kind of peeked in, you know, peeked in on the old news app and then I was like, "All right." On okay. the news machine. Yeah, and it was like, "Okay." It's really? You know. Yeah. So yeah, we took a we took us a hard break. Well, it looked wonderful. It was. It really mm-hmm. was. So, uh, it's okay, hold on. A scale of 1 to 10 Pacific Northwest. Ooh. Ah. I'm going to go nine, yeah, nine and a half. Mm-hmm. The only reason I wouldn't is that, you know, it's kind of expensive out there. Yes. But you're, you're kind of like, you know, I living in LA, it's like you pay that kind of, you pay those kind of prices to live there mm-hmm. for that, for that experience, for that environment. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you get more bang for your buck in the Pacific Northwest than you do in Southern California. Sure. I, I know I have friends that are going to, you know, reject that, but. That's okay. I I um I really love the city of Seattle. Mm-hmm. Me too. What, what a cool city mm-hmm. all around. 
Yeah. I mean, I've been there a few times just because my sister lives there. And uh, thanks to her and uh, my brother-in-law, I've gotten, I mean, they've taken me when I visited, you know, kind of a nice, every time we go out there, they have things to do. And I really mm-hmm. appreciate that. And so I've gotten to see kind of some of the high points of that area and, and surrounding uh, area. And uh, it's beautiful. Just first, it's just beautiful. Yeah. And second, the thing that I really enjoy about it is it's nice to be in an area where things like intellect and critical thinking are valued (laughs) and it's obvious it's apparent it's like oh it's just smarter here ah yeah Mm -hmm. that is really true Mm -hmm. they're surrounded you're surrounded by tech giants and millions of really smart people yeah that are well educated and it just feels like that yeah like the factor doesn't really exist the der factor yeah you know yeah i i you totally know, if agree you step, if you step outside of that area it drops off pretty fast you're not wrong so yeah. we mm-hmm. we we flew into seattle hung out there and i got to see some sites we got to do the space we did that we were on top of the space needle on yep. the fourth of july watching oh, fireworks go off over union lake uh-huh and and all around in the distance as the sun was setting shining its final rays on that's amazing Mount rainier i mean it was ridiculous like uh-huh. We we did all of that. I did the Mopop Pearl Jam exhibit thing. It was all, all of it was great. Wasn't Mopop awesome? Just in Dude, general. That, in general, it was great. Uh-huh. And then we we kind of we kind of were like, where is this Pearl Jam exhibit? You know, I was like, where? And we it was it 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 had its own wing. So yeah. we were like, I I shouldn't lump Kirsten into this. I was like, kind of walking briskly past. Like they had this whole Afrofuturism exhibit where they had. Uh, all the costumes from Black Panther and all the costumes from Do the Right Thing and all the costumes oh, from wow. some of these movies. And it's like, I just like ran past them. And after I got my Pearl Jam fix, we're like, uh, I think I saw the Black Panther costume back there. So like, I mean, the the like horror exhibit, the sci-fi exhibit, all of that. So cool. But back to the point, we left Seattle. We're driving down, you know, toward, toward well, we, we toward Ocean Shores, Washington before going into Astoria, Oregon. And I was like, oh, these these flags look pretty simple. This looks like home, you know? Like mm-hmm. all of a sudden you leave Seattle. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, this looks uh, this looks pretty red down here. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, but Seattle was great, man. And, and you know, the, the Goonies nostalgia. I was going to ask. <laughs> the Goonies nostalgia <laughs> was the draw to go to Astoria. Uh-huh. And it was kind of cool. I mean, the, sure. the the Goonies house is there. It's really not a tourist exhibit. They right. it made the jail into a tourist exhibit, kind of. It's like a film museum, and they have the actual Jeep that the Fratellis oh. drove and stuff. You can see all that. It's not really, like, um, advertised as, like, sure. the Goonies town. But if you know, it, you can look at that. But I think it's sneaky because that may be what draws some people there, like, like myself. It's like, well, where are we going to stay? It's like, oh, let's go to Astoria. And you see that and you're like, cool, but the town itself is amazing. It's a great historic town, old, you know, uh, port town where you can see those huge container ships come in the river and you can, they have all kinds of like restaurants and cafes on the docks and like this, they have this incredibly large bridge that it's not, it's not a drawbridge or anything. So it's just built tall enough 
to have ships kind of come underneath. So it's like this towering mass of engineering. It's so cool to look at. And the town itself is just quaint and cool. And I'm like, I really like a story aside from the fact that the Goonies was filmed here. That's what kind of drew me there. Sure. It's a cool place. Um, yeah. Yeah. Portland's so you, cool. You've been out of the, yeah. Portland. Was it weird? It was weird. I, you know, I feel like by the time we got to Portland, we had done so much. We were kind of like, I don't know if I don't know if being in a large metropolitan area was as attractive to us. Like we did Seattle hardcore um, right. in like three days. And then we went down in some quaint towns and did some hiking and saw some, you know, nature and whatnot. By the time we got to Portland, we were staying outside of Portland and we went in, but we went to like they had this really cool Japanese gardens and this huge rose garden. We went in and ate some good food, but we had kind of, we went to a meeting um, and one of the folks at the meeting in Portland was like, yeah, stay out of downtown. (laughs) Like it's really not, there's really not much going on and it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of dark and dirty, but we did. I mean, we went, we went and got voodoo donuts downtown and we kind of checked it out, but it, that it, there wasn't like a draw to go. And maybe that's just how Portland is sort of arranged. Downtown is sort of industrial or business. And then it seemed like, all the cool neighborhoods to check out were, you know, nowhere near downtown. So, but it was weird. I mean, it was, it was cool. We went and saw, um, uh, we saw that the band fleet foxes, fleet oh, foxes yeah. were playing and we saw them play in this little outdoor venue just outside of Portland, similar to like a Pinewood bowl situation Sure. Um, with no seats. It was all just like grass and on the grass. It was really cool. Right. And that's where we got our, like, uh, we're with the cool Portland people here. This is, oh. the, these are where the, this is where the cool, cool this is where the actions at is where the actions at. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it was, it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Pinewood, I'm going to make it about me for a minute, please. I've been talking too much. No, you're fine. Um, you're the one that did the exciting thing. Um, oh, uh, yeah. Hi everybody. Uh, yeah. <laughs> My brain just skipped. I did that uh, while you were letting the dog out or in oh, really? you do with the dog. Yeah. Well, I did the intro. She, uh, you did the intro. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Um, yeah, we went and saw the uh, newsies at Pinewood Bowl. Oh, yeah. That was great. Uh, I, you know, that's something that I'm kind of been vaguely aware happens because we mm-hmm. went and saw Beauty and the Beast mm-hmm. two years ago with Aaron. Mm-hmm. and that was cool and it was actually really well done but it, like i don't know i just it never really this year i actually uh just read up about it a little bit you know yeah yeah and i remember seeing something there when i was a kid but mostly what i remember is i was young and it was hot that's i my parents we made a trip to lincoln to see something at the pinewood uh uh the king and i oh, i yeah. remember it was the king and i and i remember being too young to care and i was like right keep giving me candy and forcing me to sit on this blanket because otherwise this is awful yeah right i interrupted no it's fine but it was uh i mean they've been doing plays there regularly like almost annually since 1949 no shit yeah no shit Mm -hmm. the first one was faust in 1949 wow Mm -hmm. yeah the the list is really impressive actually and uh so i mean that made me gave me pause like oh you know hold on a second yeah He's got a, I don't know. I don't know. the. I have a, a dog situation. Um, I, we should give Sunny a byline on this thing. Really? She's yeah, a really, production assistant. Yeah, she, <laughs> yeah. Sunny, the PA, for sure. 
but so anyway, yeah, it was Newsies, and that was a show that um, I didn't really know anything about. Mm-hmm. But it is it's it's a it's the story of the the newspaper delivery kids in New York City taking on uh, Pulitzer, whatever his first name is. Yeah, and which actually happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was like, okay, it's Disney. Yeah, and it's about labor strike. It's about a labor <laughs> union. Like how yeah. is how is this going to be the feel good hit of the summer? Yeah. You know, right. And it really was. I mean, they you know, of course, it was Disney fight up a little bit, but sure. um, it's a great story, and the um, it's quite the production out there. I was I was really impressed at Beauty and the Beast, and then this production has a lot of moving parts and a lot of people. Yeah, did they like thirty or they 40 do the people. set? Do they have? Did they build the the stairs and all that? Like yep. climbing up scaffolding mm-hmm. and shit. Yep. And uh, a couple moving pieces that rotated for, you know, scene changes and stuff. But the main, the thing that really I'm always interested in is how's the sound going to work? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you got to mic up 35 people, Ooh. you know? Yeah. And uh, there was one point. Well, in fact, at the, the big dramatic climax of the first act where the main character, whose name is escaping me, is singing the big dramatic solo number, mm-hmm. his mic crapped out. Oh God! Right, and uh, or it was one of those, you know, net one of the lavaliers. Yeah, and uh, and it like got moved or something, so it was kind of you know scratchy. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, and he didn't know it, and uh, so but we were sitting right by the soundboard, just to the left of the yeah. soundboard, and I watched the guy who was running. There was two, maybe three sound guys got on a radio and was like, "Hey, we have a problem." And twenty seconds later, a guy was out there with a hand mic. Wow. And handed it to the and I mean there was probably a good minute where you couldn't hear anything besides a scratchy lavalier. Oh wow! But but it was great because when they ran out, when the guy ran out with the hand mic and handed it to the main character, uh, everybody applauded. Yeah, you know, like right on, you know, and he killed it, and it was, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it didn't really detract from the experience, I guess. Right. Because everybody was kind of like, oh god, that sucks, you know. Yeah. Yeah. he was giving it his all i mean the guy sure. was really really good and uh so everybody got applauded and when the show was over because we were right by the soundbar he said right on guys you guys killed it tonight <laughs> and they were and they were like thank you, you know? <laughs> thank you we well we all had to change our shorts but right, uh, yeah, yeah, thank yeah, you yeah. so much but i mean they did they handled that situation as well as it could have been handled yeah that's no joke i got a window into that this last semester uh where i work we got um approval to get a whole new sound system and a new soundboard oh uh-huh. and a, like a, one of those multi-channel uh mm-hmm. wireless situations <laughs> yeah you sit back there and, and there was a student running at this time who got a crash course because mm-hmm. he was like i don't know how to do this and we just you know that's that's the way we do things there right but he had Dive in, oh, start pressing buttons exactly like multiple stacks of those receivers for the uh-huh. wireless mics just stacked uh-huh. on one and i'm like I'm staying away from this. Thank uh-huh. God there's a million props to work on. I don't want to <laughs> deal with any of this. And it, it's it's amazing because he was like, I mean, you have to kind of, you know, as it's happening, adjust levels. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can preset it, but there's when it's live like that, because those live alleres, they move a half an inch. It changes everything. Yeah, and they're running all over the place, mm-hmm. and they're picking dancing. up each other's sound, oh, dancing, yeah, yeah. sweating mm-hmm. on it. The tape, uh-huh. is yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, that's amazing. It, 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 I mean, it was really that's the thing for being mostly volunteer force. Yeah, the orchestra, the actors, the dancers, everybody. 
um it's it's an amazing situation what they pull off out there every year and it's all yeah it's all it's not i mean this is this is the cool thing to say i mean yeah you can go to the lead center of the orpheum and see a tour right mm-hmm. those are all professionals and it's yes hopefully crisp but this is all like local right i mean they may they may fly in the director they may hire the i don't know that the I mean, lady sure they, that's the lady that's direct that directed this thing has been doing it for 25 years so a local director yeah mm-hmm. yeah it is kind of like i mean i'm i'm like a it's theater a, I'm a theater it, professional and I've not really had any connection to that besides attending. Yeah, I, well, you seven. should go check it out as that's what I'm saying. I know, but I I've known, I've had like students that have been involved in it and I've had uh, my former life as a working at St. Paul church. I've had mm-hmm. my youth have been involved in it, Oh sure. Um, but I'm glad you checked that out, man. That's cool. Yeah, It was really, we took my mom out and it was just, it was a nice night, you know, it was a, a nice night for an evening. It was a nice night for an evening. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it wasn't too hot. You know, I mean, fuck, it's fine. Is it run all summer? Or is it done? No. Well, I think there's maybe next weekend too. I think they do four or five performances. Okay. Yep. Maybe, that might be nice to like ride my bike out there. And Strongly. Go see. That's a great idea. Take your bike out, buy a ticket at the door, take a blanket. Huh? Yeah. Totally worth seeing. And they well, have like a, they have a, a, a video screen so you can, you don't have to be right up front to see the action. That's what I need. The, mm-hmm. My life. I need my live theater to have a video screen. <laughs> well, it, 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 Sorry. Especially well, when you've got, I mean, when you're, when you're not, winning, in a, when you're not in a black box theater where it holds a hundred people, I know, you know, it's like pound bowl. Once you, once you get past, you know, 10, 20 yards back, you're like, it's there. I'm pretty yeah, sure that's, that's the, who's singing right now. That's very true. Uh-huh. I've, I've always I've, I've never really had have I had like a outdoor live the, I, I know I've had an outdoor live theater experience it's been a while like the 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 pinnacle of that I've always wanted to go to is the the public theater in New York City does Shakespeare in the Park oh, every true. year and they do it for free and they but they have like legit you know talent out it's there. New York so, City yeah and I've been there's like a, there's a few hamlets running around there's always a few hamlets running around yeah. Have you ever seen any of the Flatwater Shakespeare stuff here? Oh yeah, yep, I have. I never have. Every year, I think we should do that, and then it's dude, it's fly. fun. It's I'm sure. Fun. And this I've year seen... was one of the fun ones too. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, what did they do this year? Did they? Do I can't remember, but I remember thinking, oh, that's one of the fun Shakespeare's. No, I think they may have done Much Ado. That's I don't know. Like... I saw a few years ago when they did Merry Wives of Windsor. I've seen them do uh, King Lear. I saw them do Two Gentlemen of Verona at Waiuka. Oh, yeah. They used to just do things at Waiuka, and now they kind of do it there, and then they toured around to parks. Yeah, I think that's correct. I saw it once. uh, I think Becky Bozen, who she'd be great to have on the podcast, actually. She does a lot of cool things around here. But she directed it, and uh, I had a s- couple students in it, and uh, from my friend Sasha Dobson was in it. They did Merry Wives, and so they, you know, they did. I think the aesthetic was sort of, you know, old west, you know, uh, pioneering, you know, time eighteen hundreds, mid eighteen hundreds or earlier. And um, so they would tour, but they toured it around to different public parks in Lincoln, and they ended up the last location they did it at was in the rail yard downtown so it was like this antiquated aesthetic in the middle of you know the rail yard that had just been built it was a really cool experience to see to see that there so Hmm. i don't know mary wives of windsor let's check it out 
that was my first i was in that i played the role of fenton at the brownville mm-hmm. village theater oh really in brownville nebraska in 1999 yeah no kidding that's another thing people if you want to go see i mean go down to brownville brownville I've seen, nebraska i've seen a melodrama at brownville there you go they it's do melodramas on. at uh, mahoney state park too in the summer yep. there's a lot of a lot of little pieces of theater to see around here a lot of little pieces of theater yeah so um i don't know if i messaged you guys about this or not uh but i read uh, Marin was interviewing somebody mm-hmm. proops maybe anyway they mentioned they mentioned a, a, a comedian named sam talent do you know do you know that name well i, didn't I don't either, know that name but he's a stand-up long time mm-hmm. and uh never heard of him but mm-hmm. he wrote this book called running the light mm. and it's a uh fictitious it's a fiction story but it's based on it's a composite the the character the story is it's one week in the life of a older aging uh road comic named billy ray schaefer um who uh had a shot like he was on the precipice of that early 90s comedic boom greatness Mm -hmm. and then he blew it Mm. and spent you know, the next 20 years on the road playing, you know, VFW halls and, you know, the funny bone in Omaha and, um, having, and, you know, his, uh, failed marriage, cocaine and booze addiction, you know, 20 Mm -hmm. years, just slogging it out. Mm -hmm. And so this is, it's a week in his life Mm. set basically in current times on the road. And it's, just and it's so the the audiobook which i listen to each chapter is read by a different stand-up like one of them is read by Marin. oh wow and uh uh and like doug stanhope reads a chapter yeah uh it's brutal and awesome running the light running the light by sam talent t-a-l-l-e-n-t it was incredible it's one of the most engrossing stories uh partly i think m- maybe not everybody would get into it but you know i mean i have an affinity for stand up and have right. kind of followed that situation yeah you can't i mean you can't my be, life and you can't be a long-term listener of Marin either and not have some working it's like the amount of hours you put in listening to him and the guests that he has on yep. you have you have a, a an abnormal amount of information about <laughs> the history of stand up at least yeah. in the last maybe 50 years, 40 years. Well, and that's, you know, I mean, starting with, uh, you know, like Lenny Bruce. Right. Right. And move forward from there. Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, it was just like, I couldn't stop listening to it. Dude. I love that. Mm-hmm. It was especially really... because I listened to one audiobook that had different, uh, voice actors. It was actually a nerd alert. It was actually a star Wars book oh, and they had, <clears throat> And I had different, they had different voice actors read different things. And it was, it took me a minute to kind of figure out what was going on. And uh-huh. then I really loved it because it, it seemed to like give it a fresh boost every other mm. chapter. So sure. anyway, that's tangential. Um, you listen running... to a Star Wars audiobook? Uh, Steve, I have listened to several Star Wars audiobooks. <laughs> Full disclosure. <laughs> well, that I just listen... makes me love you even more. A couple of years ago, when I took Colin to to start his his PA program, 
um, it was height of COVID. And, and plus he had a bunch of stuff to move out there. So we took two different cars. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm, I'm making a one day run and back to, to Pocatello, Idaho. That's a long drive. I need something, man. So like yeah. I, I bought a couple of star Wars books and just front to back. Sure. Not, it made the trip delightful. Right. You know, I if get you're that. into that sort of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, that's when I was on the road for my work driving all over the Midwest. I listen to tons of audiobooks. Mm-hmm. They're great for passing time. Uh, another one that's great for passing time. Uh, uh, this is a podcast. Sorry. Total shift. My brain's uh-huh. a little. Uh, <laughs> I, I, we've, we've plugged different podcasts on here. Mm-hmm. Um, Kirsten and I, when we need to just like keep, keep our minds sharp on the road, we noticed mm-hmm. this in, in the Pacific Northwest. The uh, Dan Savage's Savage Lovecast. Have you ever listened oh, yeah. to this? I love that. I love that. I have Holy. to like, I'll listen to it every once in a while. I kind of have to do yeah. other things, but yes, yes, every once in a while, it's very fun to listen to Dan Savage. It's, yeah, it's nice to like spice it up. It's nice to throw that in the in the in the Especially stew. If you're on the road with your lover, yeah. Well, you learn you learn quite a bit in a short amount of time uh-huh. on Savage Lovecast. So oh, you know shout what? out to Dan Savage. Yep. Holly and I are going to go on a road trip later this year. And when we do, we're listening to dad's Dan Savage. Yes. Yes. It, it, I mean, there were, I, I've never, I mean, thank God Kirsten was writing. So it was who her Google uh, algorithm being warped, but <laughs> All right. we'd like pause it and be like, uh, could you Google what that is? And we like, oh, I mean, so funny. Oh yeah. We learned a lot. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. It was fun. It was fun. Dan yeah. Savage. I haven't thought about that in a while. Yeah. Savage love cast, baby. Yeah, it's good. It is good. Well, I just love how everything's on the table. Yeah. There's, there's, there's no taboo subject. There's no judgment. There's no anything. Bring your, bring your freak. Let's, let's hash this out. Oh yeah. And there was a couple of like, so he does those of you that haven't listened to him. It's a, it's a sex positive sex question, you know, yeah. a, a la dr ruth but a little more progressive obviously yeah and, uh, um and like yeah people just record a question on their voice notes app and send it to him right and then he responds to it and it's all very anonymous but th- there Not were several times pa- voice notes well, right <laughs> <laughs> but like you know there were a couple of times where this person said you know went on their diatribe of whatever they're mm-hmm. going through and i expected him to answer one way and he threw a curveball and it was always like oh wow like it just opens your mind to a little more i don't know uh i don't i I think it's great it's a lot of fun i think that's the biggest thing is it's it is it's mind opening it is totally Mm -hmm. unless you just want to go shut up yeah right well it's also like you know we're driving (laughs) and it's like uh well we are not freaky at all and we're okay with it. You know, just like, all right. right. Yeah. That is not, that is not us. Glad that you, that you, that that floats your boat. Sail on sailor. Sail on sailor. Those are some stormy waters. And I'm really glad (laughs) that you are navigating that somehow, but Holy moly, I'm going to stick in my kayak. Thank you very much. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe we'll go through some rapids. We yeah, might maybe. go through some rapids. We might go maybe. through a few rapids, but right. we're not going to hoist the sails and try to go around the world. <laughs> right. Or go over Niagara Falls in a barrel. Exactly. So well, some of the things that people are into, it's like, how did you think that was going to go? <laughs> you put yourself in a barrel 
Right. You're trying to go over Niagara Falls. Right. How did you think? How did you think that was going to work out exactly? Okay. Right. Mm. But it'll work out fine this time. This time. This time. It'll be better. So highly recommend Dan Savage. Yeah. Thanks for the reminder. Mm-hmm. What else is going on? Um, uh, I, I, you know, about the trip, I, this is just to freshly capture this. Uh-huh. One of the things, I mean, Kirsten and I, we are fortunate and privileged enough to be able mm-hmm. to take a two week vacation, right? which is, I think, Jack you know, was so funny. He's like, Hey, you guys think maybe we should get in the car and go visit Joel and Kirsten? Yeah. There, there is a point at about a week where you're like, your, your body and your mind starts to think this is my life now. And I don't know why it's a week. I mean, it's like, <laughs> right. but it, it, you know, it's, it's, mm. it's so disrupt, not disrupting, but disorienting or takes you out of the norm. And Kirsten mm-hmm. and I, it, here's what we learned and what we experienced is like there, it was amazing. We did a lot of fun things, but in your mind on the front end, and maybe this is just alcoholic thinking, but on your mind on the front end, you think this thing's going to be amazing all the time, 24 hours a day. There's not right. going to be any problems ever wrong. And surprise. I took me with me. Uh-huh. Weird. Yeah. And you still have to do spiritual actions on vacation. You can't take a vacation from your tools for living. Then why go anywhere? I was <laughs> like, you know, I really don't want to have to do this, but I'm like, all right, I guess every morning I got to do my, do my readings and do the things. And, um, and there were moments, right? Like everything was beautiful and amazing, but then there's moments where you're like, I don't know where the exit is off the freeway or right. Uh, what's this the parking GPS lot is lying? Why is it? You, I don't, what's exit 34. Do you want, I don't know. Do you want tofu today or not? Do you want to set? What do you want? That's like, like what, the, what? that's like the whitest sentence ever. I know. Well, we were in Portland, uh, well, okay, uh, uh, but you know, it's like, uh, those moments of like frustration and, and, and anxiety and like the unknown, like there was a couple of times where we were, we were traversing something or like hiking on a path or driving a road. We didn't really plan on driving. And we're like, where is this going? Is this going to be okay? Are we going to be okay? Right. You know, and you do that thing for the first time. And on the way back, you're like, oh, that was great. That was awesome. Right. Of course we should have done that. But mm-hmm. on the way there, it's so it's like you're on vacation, but you're ner- I don't know. I, it was well, just, that's, a- but that's uncharted territory. You're not traveling over well-traveled paths for you. Right. Right. So that is an element, especially if you're trying to navigate, you know, with another person, right. Who may have their own, uh, fears slash desires slash plans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a innate desire to make sure that they're having a good time. Is there? That, <laughs> that they have that feeling that you're having a good time. Like, right. And when those two things are being worried about at the same time that's a whole mm-hmm. other level of di- like are you okay i, I, I don't know i don't are know you okay? are you okay if you're okay i'm okay but i'm not yeah sure. it's so wild like and that's the thing it's like if you're gonna commit to two weeks being on the road you uh, with someone else there's like this practice of like always coming back to what what the main keep the main thing the main thing the main thing is this is this is not gonna last forever this is about enjoyment and relaxation. This is about d- having an opportunity to do what you want 
and try something new and have some fun and see some cool shit. Right. And it's like, well, that's kind of a, I mean, you can't, I don't know. Can you, can you live that attitude in your daily life? Can every day be a, an adventure, Steve? That hasn't been my experience. <laughs> frankly. Yeah. <laughs> On a really good day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I mean, I, I get it. Like that's, well, that's wearing the world as a loose garment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a real, it's a lot easier for me to do that when I'm not at work. I think, well, I don't that's have people demanding things of me and some, sometimes things that are not at all reasonable. And then you got to go deal with that. You know, it's kind of, but even that, like if I'm in a fit spiritual place, I can wear those situations loosely. Mm-hmm. Like this doesn't reflect on me as a person. It's mm-hmm. just work, you know, whatever. Yeah. And or it's pretty- very wrapped up in that. I think, how dare they? How dare they? Mm-hmm. I'm going to show uh, those. When, 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 every, when every email feels like an attack. Yes. <laughs> well, and sometimes they are attacks. That's true. Y- you know, and that's yeah. like, so you got you to fire back. Well, or go for a walk. <laughs> that's the biggest weapon in my arsenal is I go for a walk. Well, that's the same on a macro, on a micro level. That's the same as taking a vacation or taking a respite, right? Right. Like there's, yeah. there's, a, there's a strategic point to that, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I don't want to presume that everybody has the ability with kids and jobs and money or whatever to take two weeks off. Like, oh yeah, everybody should take two weeks on the road with their partner. Like, that's not feasible. I get that. But yeah. like 20 minutes yeah, walking around Holmes Lake. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that ability to step outside of your perceived demands to get a different perspective. I well, think that, that's-, that's the biggest thing for me is all the, the, most of my important answers to decisions of all shapes and sizes happen when I'm not working, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like just this weekend, I was doing something yesterday and I had to like, that's how I'm going to fix that problem. Right. And yeah. I wasn't even thinking about it. It just kind right. of, you know, I, 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 yeah, on a small level, that's so true on a big level. That's true. I think that there was a part of me priest. I have this big thing to finish this summer, like my, my tenure portfolio. And I know oh, I've boy. talked about it before, but I mean, I've started it and I know what I'm going to put in there. It's just a matter of kind of honestly grunt work of writing. It's just putting, right. it's the idea of putting off a huge report essentially. Right. And pre Pacific Northwest trip, I was like, ugh, ugh, I don't want to do that. Keep putting it off. Keep putting it off. Keep putting it off. And this, this trip has been like, all right, sure. I'm, let's do it. Right. Like I got, I got all that out of my system. Let's go. <laughs> um, and that's it. I think that's how that works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I know you well enough to know that really you like to work. You don't know me, Steve. You've never known me. Whatever. What are you talking about? I don't like to work. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I do mm-hmm. <laughs> at the things that you care about. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. Mm-hmm. That, that just kind of nailed me to a wall. That's the reason I responded. That yeah, way. I, know. I do. I do like to work. Mm-hmm. I, I like to work. I, sometimes I feel like I'm lazy, but that's just not true. No, I, you're a pretty hardworking guy. Huh? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you like to take your comfort as well, but you know, like I've seen, I've seen the things that you have made that, yeah. that doesn't come through not working hard. That's, that's how I know that. I know you right. also like to play video games, you know, that's true. That's but true. It's like, but that, so what? 
So yeah, there balance balance. Well, there, Joel, you do know me, Steve. Take the compliment. Jesus. <laughs> thank you. I thank you that. No, I, I do. I, I see that because there's a, there's a self-deprecating part of me that wants to say, I don't work that hard or like it, you know what it really is. It's that like that imposter syndrome voice. Oh like, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's bullshit. You know, I don't work that hard. I'm getting, I'm getting away with this here. How dare yeah, you say I mean, that? I, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we all are. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. On a certain level. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, uh, while you were gone, uh, my good friend and our past guest, Seth Monaquillo, uh, passed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's sad and horrible, but there's he's not in pain anymore. Yeah. And uh, so that's been, but I mean, that I got to spend, um, I, I made an effort to spend as much time with him and his family as I could uh, for the last two or three weeks while he was on hospice mm-hmm. at home. And uh, that's an experience. And, uh, you know, his wife, who's a nurse and four kids mm. and family and all the attendant family stuff that goes along with that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, you know, even up to, um, while he was still lucid because it just got to the point that he, you know, he was just sleeping basically. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I guess the, the thing that's going through my head is uh, during that time is like, uh, like Seth was a very good friend, but he was also a very good friend, like mm. one of the just aces people, you yeah. know, and uh, I got to meet um, his dad, which might not seem like a big deal, except for the fact that he and his dad hadn't really talked for 30 years longer, maybe. Really? Wow. Yep. And when Seth originally got sick, Seth's wife reached out to his dad who lives in Southern California. was like, Hey, I just want you to know this is happening. Mm. And, uh, through that, the short version of the story is that he and his dad reconnected. <clears throat> they talked almost every day and his dad really? came to visit. Yep. Wow. I got to meet him and his, and his wife. Um, and he's just the nicest guy. Like, I don't so know like- what happened. It doesn't matter. Right. That, that, that's the thing. It's like years of sort I of mean, fair, like his parents got divorced when he was little, you know? Yeah. And whatever happened, happened, but he, they didn't have a relationship is the simplest yeah. way to put that. Yeah. And in the last year and a half, they made up for all that lost time. Wow. And so that in and of itself was beautiful and amazing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I got to, I was one of the pallbearers. I've never done that before. That's that's an experience. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's an honor, you know, to be yeah. asked. And, yeah. uh, um, <laughs> the, uh, his hearse was, a was, a was, a was, a was pulled by a motorcycle. Oh, wow. A Harley Davidson trike motorcycle pulling this trailer hearse thing. Wow. <laughs> wow. It was so I've cool. never seen that. I hadn't either. It was amazing. Everybody was like, that's amazing. Was he a, was he a, a biker? So yeah, he wasn't like, a, I wouldn't say like a patch wearing angel or anything, but he liked <laughs> motorcycles, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, 
Seth's wife was like, should I do that? I'm like, yes. Why would you not do that? If you had the option, hell, I don't ride motorcycles and I want to go out in that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so anyway, that was just, it was kind of one of those deals where like in the middle of this, you know, incredibly sad situation, like that's awesome. Yeah. Right. Yep. And it kind of, a little bit of whimsy, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of like, I mean, it's just something that everybody was able to kind of lighten the moment a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. In, in a way that was not uh, crass or disrespectful. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It was just beautiful and perfect. Yeah, it was it was enough of a surprise that people could kind of talk about that as a point of light. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so it was just and, you know, I, I'll uh, this is I said this before and I'll say it again, probably despite all the problems I have with the Catholic church, mm. which are numerous, sure. uh, they do funerals, right? Yeah. And, uh, it's a, it's a very, uh, well, I'll, traditional is an understatement, but, uh, um, especially if that's, if you're inclined to just the whole, um, program basically, because it is a program, it's a very, mm-hmm. um, scripted wrote, uh, situation. I mean, there's the, the rosary the night before, and then the, and then the service the next day. And, um, is it a sacrament in the Catholic church? You know, I don't, I don't know. Cause I, I know they had, I know that the, the, the funeral service is a, is a mass, right? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, the rosary is not okay, but it's still pretty formal. Yeah. Uh, at least it, our recess was in the, in the, in the sanctuary at our church. So that was, yeah. might've had something to do with that. Um, yeah. but, uh, because again, not a scholar, right? But um, it's definitely, it's kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of like a Grateful Dead concert, in so much as that. <laughs> Do tell. Well, in so much as that, there's, there's a form. First set, second set, drums. Mm-hmm. You know, first set kind of songs, rock and roll, party, maybe a little introspection. Second mm-hmm. set's when it gets deep and weird, and you dance a lot, and and then and then you have your come to Jesus moment with Mickey Hart, you know, and then they send you out on a high and then there's the encore and you just, it's like when you, when you walk in, it's a different situation than when you walk out, there's a transformation that happens. Did you, I think that this, this sounds dumb enough to be an actual John Mayer quote about second set versus first set, first set versus second set. I saw this recently and I'm, this is totally anecdotal, but he said something like, yeah, First set is when you come in ready to do business, dressed up nice. Second set is where you might bust out the assless chaps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Yeah, that's great. Uh huh. Yeah, but I mean that's also where you might also completely fall apart. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but I mean, so but so the that experience is like it's kind of when by the time that is all done, like it's. A, and, and I don't mean, I'm not trying to discount anybody's grief or anything like that, but the, it's very, the way that the flow of those events go is very much designed to, and has been proven over however many years to be pretty therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that by the time you work through all of that, like it, you still have your grief and you still have the pain and the sorrow and all that, but it's framed in such a way that you can move on. Mm. Like it's all done very intentional. Mm-hmm. 
and it's it's just really it's a beautiful thing um, i um i appreciate you saying that and i'm i'm i am sorry for your loss and i and i guess um yeah only having met seth via zoom on a podcast right i didn't know the guy but when when you hear people that you love and trust talk about somebody that way, you know that he was gold. You know what I mean? Like when I hear you speak and feel and, and express who this person was, um, you know that he was solid fucking gold. And, yep. and shout out to anybody that happened to start listening to us knuckleheads because of Seth. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, um, sounds like, sounds like we lost a good one. And um, yeah. And, um, but also about the mass thing, I think it's, I think it's important for me to hear that just on a personal level. Cause you know, like my, my lately, my vitriol around organized religion has taken, has gotten a little, uh, kickstart and, mm-hmm. um, and I well, need to watch that reason for that a hundred percent, but that doesn't mm-hmm. like, I've talked to Kirsten about this recently. Like that is a slippery place for me, especially as a young man being raised in the church and my alcoholism. Like I had to work through a lot of shit in the steps because of that same fucking resentment. Right. And I, that doesn't serve me. No, it does not. It, it, it just does not serve me to just walk around stomping, hating. Well, and that's, you know, it says in the AA literature that we're supposed to be quick to see where religious people are right. Exactly. And that phrase saved my ass early on. And so you explaining the mass as sort of a, a, a Grateful Dead concert. I know you kind of chuckled, but that's actually super helpful because the next time I am asked to go to a very regimented funeral in a Catholic church like that, I will look for that pathway through it rather than sit there and judge because well, nobody wants to see that guy, like my <laughs> intellect. Right. Right. I don't like the way they're doing this. Right. You know, it's like, well, I'm told so. I got to kind of be a part of the actual service because I was read. I read one of the readings and there was just some logistical problems, like right, like 20 minutes before the service was supposed to start as all the people are there. And there was, a, there was an issue. Mm-hmm. And so I'm talking with our priests and he's, he's like looking through his desk for papers, like figure out what was actually supposed to be going on. And he literally just handed me these like five sheets of paper with all the readings and the people who are supposed to be doing, he's like, here, you're going to take care of this. Nice. And I was like, Okay, fine. <laughs> I mean, I've been trained. I can handle that. Uh, sure. I didn't say, well, sure. I can't. How am I supposed? You know, I was like, yeah. great. I'll go. I'll go deal with it. You know. Yeah. yeah. There's just that moment where the priest who's overpresiding the whole thing hands me the run sheets and says, yeah. "This is your problem now." <laughs> yeah. That that like delegation under fire, man. I was like, oh my god, thank you, Father. And, well, that's uh, like. Well, I, I planned worship at St. Paul with, with the, you know, I was part of that planning team and it's yeah. not as regimented as a Catholic mass. I understand, but it's, it felt very, um, in, in a holy and very sacred way, honestly, it felt theatrical. I mean, sure. it's like, we have to get through, I mean, well, in order is. for the people coming to have the experience, mm-hmm. we do need to have this plan. We can't just on, wait on a certain it. level. It's a show. Yeah. It's like, I think that, you know, we're not like a charismatic tent revival where we're just going to let the spirit flow for eight hours. Like people want to get to the sandwiches. Most definitely. You know what I mean? So, well, and that, so like, that's, I guess that I think like when I say like the grateful day concert thing, but it's like, it's a protracted situation where like the night before the funeral, there's the rosary, which is kind of formal. Mm-hmm. And you say, say a couple hymns and, and then actually say a rosary, which takes a few minutes. Yeah. Um, but that is really a way to, and, uh, 
our friend uh, Matt Simmons explains it pretty well. Where it's like it's, it's just a meditation. It's a meditation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you strip all the other stuff away. It's a meditation. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, but that kind of sets the intention mm-hmm. for the rest of the for the next day, basically, because uh, it yeah. kind of forces you to be contemplative or prayerful or mindful or however you want to say it. You know, because uh, I mean I don't know about. I know there are some Catholics that say the rosary every day. I'm not one of them. Mm-hmm. And I would say most probably don't, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but, and, uh, it really forces you to take 15 minutes and be mindful. That's the whole yeah. point yep. is mindfulness. It's just yep. branded differently. Yep. Um, and, uh, and so then it kind of sets the tone for the next day, which is the actual funeral. And it's and, and then the funeral itself is kind of well, it's like the drums in space, basically, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but yeah. it really is, uh, you know. I mean, it's as it's it's as much, and I, depending on how you believe, it's it's as much about the the dearly departed and the people gathered. Yeah, um, because that's your. It's a very regardless of whether you believe it or not. It's a formal. Uh, sending of that of the departed spirit to Jesus in you know being raised around you know professional religious leaders um, mm-hmm. and having that experience myself I <clears throat> it is uh you're right I mean it, it is I remember I remember my mother who is a retired pastor talking about you know because I remember I was making some sort of quip or some sort of rejection or something, whatever, some intellectual smart ass comment, some smart ass comment, my poor mother. And I was like, she's like, well, it's not for it's, it's, I mean, I think there's different beliefs. Sure. Mm -hmm. But it's for the, it's for the gathered. It's Mm -hmm. a, it's a recognition for the gathered Mm -hmm. to, to signify some sort of end to, Mm -hmm. to have some reality, to remind us of our own demise, Mm -hmm. to, to invite, their the spiritual world into this experience but ain't like on an elemental human level it's it's a thing that separates a um an animal from an, another animal is that how they take care of their dead i mean sure. it's like they just leave them along the path there's there's not a conscious there's less of a consciousness there maybe i know i may be talking out of school but the fact that we're we're conscious that we have consciousness that we have mm-hmm. A, a higher into we've evolved, our brains have evolved in some way. We recognize our our fellow species dying in a certain way. We have a ceremony around it. We, you know, that separates us from just instinct. You know what I mean? Right. And yep. it it is a beautiful thing, and to be a part of that and to recognize it through that lens, mm-hmm. it's a remind. It's also, and this I'm making it about me, but it's like it's a reminder that like, um. To not be such a judgmental asshole. <laughs> well, the thing that um, the one of my main takeaways was, uh, I mean, shit, there was I mean, there are hundreds of people at Seth's funeral. Yeah, hundreds, and and largely because his he really lived a life of service, and it was all I mean, his service work was largely oriented inside the church so mm-hmm. by you know almost by definition there's going to be people there you know yeah but it was like uh it just gives pause for like well what what am i serving mm. you know 
I don't necessarily, I'm not trying to live my life so that a bunch of people will show up to my funeral, but it may, it makes one stop and think like, well, what, what am I doing? What am I leaving? Mm -hmm. What am I leaving this world with a Mm -hmm. little bit? What am I leaving communities with? Mm -hmm. So that, I mean, that's, and that's, I think also kind of part of the, the, the funeral mass situation is it, it kind of forces you to reckon with that a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like you don't get out free, you know, like this, this is going to happen. This situation is going to happen. What are you going to do between now and then? I I don't. Yeah. I think that the more I, the more I have, I mean, you, you stay alive long enough. You're going to attend some funerals, right? That's part of, that's part of life is witnessing and moving through death. Um, And the, the, I used to really reject it. I think it was more because it was, a thing that my parents had to participate in a lot. Oh, so it, sure. it felt like a nuisance. It was like, Oh, another wedding, another funeral. It's like, right. Another wedding, another funeral. Can't do this anymore. You know? Um, but it, if you are attending funerals and sort of, re- it's hard for some people I can't judge, but it's like, at some point you've got to reckon with it. Mm-hmm. You've got to reckon with the fact that this is, however, this community is experiencing this loss it's also a reminder of our own impermanence and yep. what are you doing with the, what are you doing with this one? What is, what is the, what, what is the do quote? you want to do with your life? Or <laughs> There's that, but there's also, um, I forget the poet's name, but the, that poem or that, that writing where she says, um, what will you do with this wild, precious life? Like, what mm. are you doing with this? Yeah. So go, uh, to work, go to work and pay my bills. Well, I, you know, I, I think that I could stave off death if I had another jet ski in the garage. <laughs> I really do. Maybe I think if that I had a second Jeep, maybe, maybe if my, if I, <laughs> maybe I should really, you know, maybe now's the time to get into cryptocurrency. Cause that's really going to prevent me from dying. <laughs> oh, isn't it? Oh God. <sighs> um, I know that this, this is kind of a curveball, but, um, what did uh, what did Seth teach you, Steve? Oh what man, Seth, what did he teach you? Some really overall? interesting ways to use profanity. <laughs> um, hey, that's a skill. Yeah, uh, just you know, we worked together pretty intimately for a couple of years, and I, what did he teach me? His like Seth's response to everything always was, well, how can I help? Mm -hmm. What needs to be done? You know? Um, And, and just to put himself aside and help whatever situation needed to be helped. Mm -hmm. Sometimes with some grumbling, you know, especially if the people that needed the help were being morons, (laughs) you know, And there's a, there's a line there, obviously, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that was just, he was just, he just was a great dad, you know, Mm. he was just a great dad. And, uh, and I, I I mean, obviously that's my opinion. His kids may feel different. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, he, he was just all about that, you know, Mm. and, uh, good dad, good husband. He's a good worker. Um, and, and his, um, we didn't agree on all matters of faith, but it didn't matter to him. 
right? You know, I mean, that was just it. He was, he believed what he believed and he let me believe what I believed. Mm. Right. He didn't yeah. feel the need to force any dogma down me, which I really appreciated. He was an excellent example of a modern practicing Catholic person. Yeah. It That's sounds like that, he, he, he was one of the few that has allowed that sort of Christ consciousness to permeate his being without having to be a, a cheerleader or something. Right. That's just it. Yeah. He, he, that's, I, that's the biggest thing to answer your question is that he demonstrated his faith through his works. Mm. That's it. And that's all. And he wore a cross around his neck. But, but other than that, he did, he, he was a quiet servant. Mm. Yeah. And that's, I, I think the biggest, that's a big takeaway, you know, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. May, may we all be so uh, willing and humble to walk toward our concept of the divine or God without the need to proselytize and let it, let it work. And, and I think there's something so profound with that question. How can I help? Because mm-hmm. it's not presuming. Nope. It's not assuming. It's not forcing. It's, nope. act, it's simply asking, how can mm-hmm. I help? There's, yep. a, there's, there's a few things around you where whoever you are, whatever you believe, however you vote, uh, how can I help? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a good question. That's a good mantra. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Well, welcome back. Thanks, buddy. Welcome back. I love you. Love you too. That's, this is good. Yeah. This is our 81st one of these. 81. I know. It's a good year keep fucking that chicken (laughs) (laughs) fucking that chicken i'm trying oh you know i mean i think that and this i don't like part of the respite was not that i needed a break from this but i think that the last episode was like fuck fuck it all fuck every fuck this i'm gonna start burning shit down with good reason yeah and it was uh and it's and and, well that's all still happening so sorry i know oh i i'm well aware it is but Mm -hmm. i'm just i i am uh i'm really looking forward to talking to you this morning steve and yeah me too i do i do really appreciate what we've created even me too i don't care who's listening i mean i love the fact that people (laughs) actually listen don't get me wrong but hey um, all the all you california showbiz people the nine of you that listen to this hook us up yeah throw us throw us the most the most famous person you know yeah as a guest or see if you if you know any producers that would like to listen to too loud mouth you know if there's a market for this sort of thing we would love the, the steve and i are, the kids are listening to the podcast these days i think it would be fun for you and i to get some like i don't know like i don't know what product we could push personally as a commercial <laughs> and have you and i talk about it I think yeah. of like how how Duncan Trussell on his Duncan Trussell Family Hour podcast, he he he's endorsed by Blue Chew, which is sort of the the chewable Viagra. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And his ads about that are I listen they're to gold. the ads because they're, they're gold. So- <laughs> they're gold. So if I don't know what kind of product out there you would love to have Steve and I push, but we're we're for it. <laughs> Whatever it is, I feel like Kramer right now. What is it? I'll take it. Yeah, what is it? I'll take it. I don't. 
I don't know if you and I should talk about Blue Chew though, but maybe. Mm. Whatever. How, how's it pay? Exactly. <laughs> so yes, I I'm grateful to have this creative experience with you, man. Me too. All right. All right. Well. All right. Well. Fine. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> yourself. I got too. I got too. Uh, too heartfelt. We had to. Yeah, I know. Whatever. That's my, that's, that's me. Like I give a shit. I know. I get a little mushy. I have to make a joke. That's some old wounds. <laughs> Those are some old wounds coming out. Yeah, there's there's a there's a band name for you, Joel and the old wounds. Joel and the old wounds. One, two, three, four. <laughs> All right. I'll talk All right, to man. You later. Bye. Fare you well, my honey. Fare you well, my only true one. All the birds that were sent are flown except you. On my hands and my knees, I will roll. Make myself a bed by the waterside. In my time, in my time, I will roll.
Don't forget, toot your hooter.